I did say to you that I wanted to make a few comments, and they will be few. I've actually written them out, and I have copies for you, so you can take what I say home with you. All right, so bear with me if it looks like I'm reading, because I am to some point. I want to start off by saying I have good news. You were kind of wondering. I have good news. The good news is that the conversation I begin today is a joyous one, and yet it does carry some difficulty with it. I sincerely request that you listen with care in order to accurately transmit this information to others who are a part of the Lighthouse with us and our family and then also the larger community of Big Bear. We are beginning a transition to new leadership that will provide for another generation of growth. This will take place over a three-year period. And by the time we reach fully the end of that period, neither Pastor Mike nor me will be the leading pastor of this cell church. Big Bear Christian Center was founded in 1964. The vision at that time was to establish a full gospel church that ministered within this valley while reaching into the world with a mission thrust to accomplish the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've led Big Bear Christian Center for 25 years. Uh, Pastor Mike has given 17 years of full-time service here. As we acknowledged this morning, John Day has just passed his 10th anniversary of ordination with us as well. And, of course, last week we honored Ed for five years of service as well. You yourselves are included in this conversation because you have laid down your lives in many ways to sustain and develop the ministry for which we were founded. And we must keep this ministry going. To remain alive with new growth and the addition of new families, we must succeed in this transition to new leadership that will maximize our potential for the future. We've got much combined experience in this congregation. We've got cell leaders, teachers, worshipers, workers, givers, Right on down the line, and together I believe we can underwrite successful movement toward an expanded ministry within the community and around the world. It's important for you to know that we have prayed about this for some time. We've discussed it with the elders, and we've spoken to each of our families to enlist their agreement and their support. I feel confirmed, even as recently as this morning, and in my Bible reading, that this is the right step at the right time. I also want to say that this is not an economy-driven decision. This is the decision that's been coming for some time, well before we had any economic news. And I hope that you will have a thoughtful and thought-filled response to what I'm saying today. Be careful of knee-jerk responses or reactions to what we're saying. You're going to have some. But I want you to encourage you to allow them to bake a little bit. You know, don't just go with the knee-jerk response. And uh, most importantly in this um, announcement today, I think that we need to keep the communication lines open. This is not a closed subject. It's a communication item. We should be talking about it. Uh, it's going to expand as we move ahead from today. It'll take up to three years to accomplish. And we will continue to minister, winning souls, making disciples all along the way. Our assignments today are two. 
One is we need to begin to pray for a fruitful door for Pastor Mike and Trish. And this is a primary priority for us. The second would be prayer for God's selection of a leader that will come alongside me for equipping in the transition. And that is my comment. Now, I would like to hand you a copy of that. So, if you would help. Thank you. There's a Mountain Dew at the ready. Once you've had a moment for that to settle, and uh, you've got a copy of that, I would imagine I could entertain a couple of questions from you if you have thoughtful and thought-filled questions. And if not, I knew that we could do this by 345. You have a question. Yes, you do. Three years, I I intend to be right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm planning to sit here in three years. And if we're successful in three-year transition to a new leader, then my description of my job at that point will be to sit on the front row and heckle them. In fact, I've already got my first line picked out. It's going to be this. My sister preaches better than you. Would you get with it? No. I'm going to try that one. I think that would be fun. I don't have a sister. so. Um, but no, I, I am, this, is, this is my church. I plan to, you know, somebody said, I, I, you know, Pastor Emeritus. I said, what does that mean? They said, well, that means all the respect without any of the responsibility. I expect to carry responsibility here probably till I die. So I'm not going anywhere. Same question. You know I'm not cutting out. I'm in it with us. We're all going through this together, okay? Any other? We'll talk more about it along the way. I'm sure, huh? Okay. So in the selection of a new pastor, how's this going to work? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to let. No, in fact, in fact, that's an important, an important question, and, and really should be addressed. That this church, the government of our church, have been through membership. You'll remember this, hopefully. If you haven't, then you'll see it when you go through the membership portion of the training track. That the church is led by a council of elders. The board for which Sue was just elected. Uh, is what we would qualify as a deacon group, according to Scripture. And they primarily fulfill the deacon role in the church and also then are our official corporation board that we have to have to be a nonprofit corporation in the state. And so they fulfill that dual role. But the leadership of the church is in the lap of the elders. So the elders are charged with the responsibility of, of uh, seeking out, you know, where's David? Who are we going to anoint? You know, where's the... Where's God got his finger on that person? And then bring them alongside. And my intention is to, of course, equip them over the next three years to be a great cell leader, a great cell pastor, and to take this church to another level and to bring us into the future uh, in a powerful way. So, And then to get behind them and push as hard as I can, support in every regard. So, Lucy? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So just, I'm just being confused with that. It doesn't specify, you know, is the order still going to be the three you, Pastor Mike is the associate pastor, and that is the pastor? That will remain the same at the present, but we're... We need to pray that there will be a fruitful door for Pastor Mike and Trish that will open for them to minister in another capacity, probably not on staff here, and by sometime this year. And at that point, that will, I mean, we're in a budget situation where we can't add another staff person. You know that. And uh, but it's my belief that God has a very fruitful ministry for Pastor Mike and Trish that will be powerful and way beyond... Uh, I was even glad to hear what Jerry Vanderveen said this morning. Um, we didn't; they were unaware of this conversation we're having right now. So, you know, in that moment, said, "You know, I see God opening a uh, what did he? How do you say a new territory and authority and churches and things like that?" And I, we believe that, but this is our first priority: is to pray for that door, pray for that ministry, pray for that to happen for them. Then we'll move on with transitioning the other parts that we need to do. But that is the primary responsibility that we have. Did that help? So it's unknown at this point, is what you're saying. But, but it's within this year. What, what did I leave unknown? Another, in other words, you're saying that we're praying for this within this year of 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really believe that I'm on a time lock on this thing for the three-year period to transition. And for that to happen, I need to find Mr. David, whoever Timothy is, to come alongside. And for that to occur in our budget constrictions, we're going to have to make a hole in, in our situation. But I'm very careful on this. I hope you'll hear what I'm saying. And if you hear it incorrectly, I've asked Ed to record this so that you can't misquote me. I see the process we're in on the A to Z. Okay. A would be, we're starting today, which really has started some time ago, but for us it's today. And Z is fully transitioned. Getting a new person in the bring them up slot, you know, the Timothy is maybe M or T for Timothy. But the priority is up here at, you know, D, E, and F, and that is, we'll make it E for Erickson. Okay, we're at E. We need to pray that God will open a fruitful ministry door for them. Get them in the slot. Uh, we can launch them out of here with success in their future. And once that's done, then we can get to T. But if I were to take T and overlay and bring it up close to the front end of this, it would appear that we're pushing Erickson's out in order to push somebody else in that slot. I do, you know, effectively that is happening, the same process. But it cannot appear that way, that we're kicking them to the curb in order to put somebody else in the slot. I believe that to this extent, and uh, we've talked about this at the elders, Council of Elders, that here at Christian Center, there's really no retirement for us uh, in the sense of ever not working and having some kind of a stable income source by working for the church until we're 65. Neither Mike nor I have that available to us. At 55, 56 this year, we're the same age. I've Six months, he's six months my senior. Um, but we're the same age. And we're, I'm, I'm seeing that easily there's another 10 years of fruitful ministry beyond here that could be had for them that might even put them in a position 
if God ordains it that way, where there is a vested interest in some retirement and some other um, benefits that would be to their, to their good, where we know the situation here is not that way. So it's timely to do it now, not in two or three years from now, because there is still usefulness in us, I hope. I mean, I don't know if you realize this this morning, but when Wilma stood here and said, I thought it was over for me, but it's not over for me. She turned 70 this October. You'd never know that, would you? And, uh, I mean, they're just out there still kicking the devil and doing good. And, and so I, I don't anticipate anything less for Pastor Mike and Trish or myself, Peggy, that we are going to continue to have fruitful ministry for, for a long time. But the ability to do that here in a small church like ours is just not going to be able to do, we're not going to be able to do that. So we've got to face that. So now's the time to transition. So, any other, John? Uh, what will be the status with regard to Kenya and with regard to Mexico? Kenya as is ours. I mean, that's a district that we've been given responsibility for. Uh, I think all of us. I'll speak for you. If you disagree, raise your hand. But for us, Mike and Trish are Kenya. I mean, and that is a huge question. Uh, one of the questions they asked us: Will we continue to? Uh, oversee the churches in Kenya. That is a responsibility that we accepted and agreed to with Inland Christian Center and the work in Kenya. Uh, if I could have it my way, uh, Mike and Trish would still be our Kenya. That's what I hope for. I hope that the new uh, fruitful part of their future includes Kenya and uh, that they could still be our Kenya. It may not be realistic, but I'm an optimist that way. It's my hope. Mexico is is still connected to us. Um, I'm working right now to reestablish our relationships there in Mexico. Uh, we had a little difficulty last year that caused a bit of friction between us and Pastor De La Borda, between myself and the elders and Pastor De La Borda, and uh, I'm, I'm just trying to patch that up right now so we can get back on task and be alongside them as well. Okay, are we good? Now, I know we're gonna remember the communication is open. You're gonna go home and write tons of emails. I know you are. <laughs> um, but uh, I do know that this is not an easy thing for us. Um, but it is our responsibility, and I think it's a good one. I'll, I'll share this with you that uh, even as late as this week, when I said I was feeling confirmed this morning. Um, you know, we had this board meeting trip with Joel Comiskey Group back in Myrtle Beach this week and gave us, at least Peggy and I, that moment to kind of reflect back and look at what we were walking into today. Uh, and in the meetings we ran, there were um, four other, well, five other pastors involved. Uh, the board pastors, myself included, and then the pastors that were in our one-day conference with Joel and Mario Vega. And during that uh, one-day conference on Wednesday, Rob Campbell, who pastors in Wimberley, Texas, sat next to me, and we started talking about stuff, church stuff. He's a pastor. He's on the board. And uh, in the conversation, he's, he's telling me that he's been working with a young man for three years to transition the leadership of his church. And this is a church with about 120 cell groups in Texas. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Then during the meetings on that day, 
the two pastors that were in the conference were both 56 years old. We quizzed them on what are your, you know, what's your greatest opportunity in your church right now? It was a, you know, kind of an exercise of part of the day in the conference, and we call it SWOT, S-W-O-T. Uh, you know, what's what are your successes? Uh, what's working in your church? What are the opportunities? O T. What uh, are the threats to your ministry in the future? And both of these guys put down for their threats that they were 56 and did not have a succession plan for the new leader who was going to follow them in leading their ministry. And they brought that up to the group for discussion. And then Rob, who was leading the day, looked across at me and said, can we talk about this publicly? I said, well, I'm going to go home and talk publicly about it on Sunday. So I don't know that these guys even know anybody in my church, so go ahead. So then he, out of the five pastors in the room, we're all the same age. And four out of five are doing the same thing. I thought that was pretty amazing. So along the way, I've just been feeling these confirmations. You know, you can't stack them up and say that it's just all God's handwriting on the wall entirely, but you do lean into it, don't you? I do. And I say, well, I feel confirmed again. I feel confirmed in what we're doing, and I have to believe that God is in control. And, uh, you know, when you first start in ministry, I don't know that we ever anticipate this day, to this kind of a thing. But I am looking forward to it. And I must tell you, I'm glad to tell you about it today. I'm glad that the communication is open and yak with us. Tell us what God shows you. You know, David stops by your house, send him to me. Timothy. All right? Okay. Father, I pray that you would watch over our words today. Pray that you would help us to hear with ears anointed by your Spirit. God, that you will give us accurate understanding of what's taking place. Lord, we would begin immediately praying for Pastor Mike and Trish for a fruitful door of ministry. God, I'm thanking you ahead of time that there is a place that you want to put them, that their effectiveness will be multiplied. Not just added to, but multiplied. Lord, that the these next years of their life and ministry will be powerful here as long as they're with us and wherever you take and lead them. Lord, it would also be my prayer, as you've known from the beginning, that if there's a way to keep them attached to us here, to keep them home here, I would request that of you. We submit these things to you in Jesus' name. We've got our eyes on you, Jesus. Be the center and receive all the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today.